From the Lucha Podcast Network, this is the Mass Startup Podcast. The Mass Startup Podcast profiles the most talented creators, impactful entrepreneurs, and high-performing professionals with the purpose to drive insights, learnings, and tactics to help you build the things that you believe in. This podcast is sponsored by Sage Accounting. Sage gives entrepreneurs and small businesses the information, insights, and tools they need to succeed. Sign up for a 30-day trial to start using Sage Accounting in your business using the offer code of SAGEMARCH. So, my name is Alex Schmid. I'm the founder and CEO of Contro. Um, and Contro is an online prescription and delivery service for sexual health and confidence products. Basically, we're a comprehensive telehealth platform that offers virtual consultations, prescription management, and free nationwide delivery across the country. What was the problem that you guys identified, um, you know, in South Africa around sexual health um, and, you know, access to prescriptions in this way? So there's multiple, you know, barriers to entry when it comes to just general healthcare, and then sexual healthcare takes it another level up. Yeah. Um, let's go into the, the first barriers of healthcare. So first ones are obviously South Africa it has both a public and a private healthcare system. We're, we're well aware of that, mm. but public healthcare systems are in a bit of a shambles. And when we started, it was sort of over COVID and getting access to government clinics and so on and so forth when it came to um, lockdown measures was a nightmare. Mm. It's opened back up again and clinics are still in disarray. You know, there's lines going around the corner 10 times over, um, people, you know, getting access to medications uh, from a stock standpoint in the clinics are hard. And even when they get into the clinics and they get treatment, finally, there's a lot of judgment and bias that kicks in and, mm. you know, there's a lot of stigma around these, these sexual health topics. In terms of private health care, then, if people say, well, look, I don't want to go through that experience, I want to get private health care. You're looking at high consultation costs, um, yeah. high travel costs, and you've then got to go to multiple providers. So, you know, the normal journey is phone, book a doctor's consult, drive to the doctor, have the consult. That's 600, 700 bucks just to give you a piece of paper for like a chronic med like birth control, for example. Mm. Then you've got to drive to the pharmacy, park, get the stuff. You know, you see where I'm going with this. Yeah. Stand in the queue, <laughs> get it all, and then rinse and repeat for the next six months and then you're back at the doctor again so mm. it's a really tedious process um and then when you layer on the fact that we're talking about sexual health products there's a lot of taboo and stigma and i think the first problem is people just don't get access to health care simply because of the stigma at first it's like i can't even fathom talking about uh, an issue with my genitals or mm. an, uh, yeah, a sexual health issue and people don't want to even start that conversation. I think that's the first barrier and that's what Contra is sort of aiming to address. What do you think, like, um, you know, I think of South Africa as being a, a very conservative country that presents as being progressive, but when it comes to healthcare specifically and sexual healthcare, the experiences of a lot of people, especially in public health, have been very, you know, difficult experiences where nurses and doctors might, you know, give you a tongue lashing before they say, hey, oh, wait, this is actually the medication. And, like, this is well do documented. Um, how important does it become to just get over that one thing, right? Just helping people be able to access the sexual health products that they really need or medication um, without having to deal with the, hey, what the hell were you doing? <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. I mean, you know, I think the big thing is creating a safe space for those people. Mm -hmm. um, and that what, that's what Contra is aiming to do. It, it's a key fact. I mean, people don't want to get treatment. We have customers that come through and they've had an STI for nine months. 
you know, and they've been suffering with this for, for, mm. for arguably too long. But the problem is because they leave it for so long, it creates more and more issues. You know, um, a good example, and to get into a bit of a little nitty gritty of it all, something like syphilis, for example, if you leave it for too long, it has four stages of an infection. So if you get to stage three or four, your life starts to become, you know, at risk in a sense. And mm. that's, a, that's a huge issue. So it's about opening up those barriers, making sure people can come to a safe space, get access to healthcare, and talk to people that are non-judgmental and non-biased and are willing to listen to them. And mm. I think that's key and that's what we're trying to create. Yeah, so you went through this you know, complete flow of the traditional way, which is, you know, I, get a, I have to call the doctor, I go drive and go to the doctor's consultation, then I go to the pharmacy and all of that. Can you go through the control process? Yeah, uh, it's, it's very simple. So you simply jump to contra.co.za, like any other platform, mm. um, sign up, and then select the service you're looking for. So it could be birth control, or STI treatment, whatever it may be. Um, you then fill out what we call a health assessment form, which asks you a bunch of questions about your current medical stage, your medical history, and we collect a, a bit of data for the doctor to assess you quicker. You then check out, book a doctor's consultation, and then book a time in that suits you. Doctor either can have a virtual call, a uh, telephone call with you, and once that's once that happens, that it's average about four or five minutes is our consultation time. Mm. Once that's done, doctor sends script through to pharmacy and then deliver it for free in discreet packaging anywhere in South Africa within one to two business days. What have been like some of the challenges in really getting, you know, from the doctor's side, them to understand like the use of technology in this sort of interaction? versus, say, the traditional method and how they've done things, you know, pre um, historically? So when we started looking to onboard doctors in the beginning of Contro, we sort of had, we were lucky, we had one or two friends who were doctors and we sort of pitched the idea to them and they loved it. But they were our, of our generation, shall we say. Of course. Yeah, they were more taken <laughs> able, they were more keen to use it. And we started interviewing all the doctors and you could just see the response was, but how, how are we going to do this? I don't mm. understand. And they're like, how do I, you know, we had to interview them. Our first test actually on interviewing doctors was we sent them a Google Meet link. And if they couldn't get on the Google Meet link, we kind of knew, right? <laughs> <laughs> what a great test of, hey, do you know how to use technology? Yeah, it was, it was literally, and they're like, can't we just do a phone call? We were like, no, you have to do a Google Meet call. And that kind of was the first test. Um, but the adoption from the doctors has been epic. To be mm. honest, they love it. Um, our doctors, at the moment, we have four on our platform. They absolutely love using it. It's super easy. It's super quick. And for them, I think the, the health assessment process is what really speeds it up and makes it easier for them. Because the patient is front-loading the information for the doctor. You know, mm. Normally, consults, you stay for 15 minutes telling them about your history, telling them about everything. You know, they need to learn so much more about you before they can actually treat you. Mm. In this instance... They've got all that information. They can get it. You know, they can give it a quick read. They go right, no red flags, looking good, and they literally jump on the console and say, "Just to double check, all good. That's fine." And they say to the patient, "Right, what do you want?" And mm. that's kind of how it goes. And it's it's you know I think the approach we've taken with our doctors is we've looked for experienced but younger doctors um, and doctors that are open and not judgmental in terms of a sexual health, uh, from a sexual health standpoint. And, you know, fun fact, actually, all of our doctors on our platform are part of the LGBTQ community. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
How important do you think that is? Because I do think like there's a different frame of thinking and like um, perspective that might come from doctors that go, okay, sexual health, you know, needs to be prioritized in this way. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting because we when we started Contra, we thought oh, it's going to be hard to get doctors. Like it's going to be a mission to find these guys, and a lot of like our early investors were like, "How are you going to find doctors?" And the irony is we have doctor CVs sitting in our inbox. I mean, I probably have 20, 30 right now. Mm. Um, and the kind of doctors that are coming through are young, energetic, um, mostly LGBTQ. And I think for them, it resonates with you know who they are. It resonates with, I guess, the, the stigma that they've probably faced in their lives. Mm. And I think you know they're on a bit of a mission to open up sexual health and open up the community. And I think that's amazing. And we hope yeah, with a lot more thoughtfulness and consciousness about how important it actually is. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So how difficult, or you know, what does it look like to start to get um, people to start using control, right? Like, just to explain to someone, hey, look completely different flow you don't have the judgment you don't have to deal with the extra cost and the you know a lot more effort in order to just get to a decent place to getting your actual medication yeah i I think you sold it there yourself to be honest i think think, you know we've just made the access to healthcare easier and simpler you know Mm. our our slogan in contra is healthcare made simple and and that's what we're doing i think getting people on the platform i think the biggest issue in south africa is stigma you know i think having someone open up to a complete stranger online about their sexual health issues is obviously a big barrier but we've obviously reduced that barrier by bringing it online um doing it virtually and you know if you get too embarrassed i think people have the idea that okay i could i could just put the phone down you know mm. or i could just get off the call and i think that's you know that's a bit of a saving grace in a sense in terms of getting people through the door mm. but you know, over and above that, you know, these are needed products. These are needed services. People need access to healthcare. I mean, what's been amazing for us and, and so humbling at Contro is that when we started, to be honest, our target market was like Clifton, Camps Bay, Santon. You know, we wanted to build Uber for the pull. Mm. was kind of the way we, we saw it. And what we ended up finding out was that we ended up hitting people in townships and rural areas. So to date, 35% of our entire customer base live in township communities or in rural areas. Oh, wow. And that for us was such a shock. And we just couldn't figure out why. We're like, but there's public health care, it's free. And then we started doing sort of you know, research investigations and asking our customers, why are you using us? And they're going, well, you're the cheapest out there. You provide a brilliant service. Um, you're non-judgmental and you're easy to access. And I live in say, um, Secunda, we've got quite a few guys in Secunda that use mm-hmm. us, and they're saying, I can't get proper healthcare out here, but I can get it through you. And that's been the biggest, biggest sort of wake-up call for us. And we just want to expand and go bigger and, and make sure access to healthcare is, is um, across South Africa, not only in urban areas. Yeah. How did you guys um, fund your business just to start with, right? Like, I think it's so amazing to have this, you know, all this, there's all this technology that's being used to, one, connect the users to the doctors, the prescription, and then you've got obviously a, a whole system just for the delivery part of things. Maybe you can go into that flow, but then also how you guys got funded as well. So um, we started Contro with a total of 250,000 rand. Mm. Um, we acquired our first 750 customers with that 250,000 rand. Um, that 250,000 rand was bootstrapped. Uh, mm. I took a lot of my savings and I just threw it into it and said, let's 
give this a go. Let's try it and let's yeah. see what happens. And, you know, that was our attitude in terms of really starting Contra. We, you know, a lot of people said, go raise funding, go out and you have an idea, just go raise funding for it. And in some, sometimes I regret not doing it. <laughs> I think back then I, I thought I should have got and raised, got, actually got out and raised. But I think in the beginning we wanted to prove to ourselves that we could do it. You know, this was the first time we had done a, a proper tech startup. Um, I've got two technical co-founders. And, you know, the idea of it really for me was I don't want to take people's money knowing that I haven't done something before and I can't sort of justify that I'm just going to take, I don't know, a million dollars and just give this a go. Mm. I wanted to prove that we could prove concept first ourselves. And I think that's made a big difference in raising investment further on down the line. Um, you know, we took our own risk, we took our own money, we put it into the business mm. and, you know, that's, and it worked. You know, we, we were very lucky, but it worked. And because yeah. it's worked, because we took that risk, investors have like, right, these guys are all in, they've done it, they took, you know, jumped out of their law careers, jumped out of their developer careers, and mm. they've, they've gone all in. And that's been a big, uh, big, big win for us in a sense. You know, it's been a while since I actually interviewed someone that bootstrapped uh, their business or really? their startup. Like, it's been a very long time. And you, what you're finding now is like, the bootstrap entrepreneur is like the artisanal coffee guy. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> he is a rare commodity. He, you know, they are very different people. And yeah. I think the thinking you need to have when you're bootstrapping versus having raised funding or gone through an incubator or accelerator program where it's funded. Um, can you speak to the experience of trying to build a startup when you, you're bootstrapping versus, you know, further on, you'll, you'll probably have that experience of like um, raising money and all of that. Yeah, uh, cost conscious is mm. what you become massively. I think what's so amazing about the world today is there are so many free tools out there that you can use to build a business. You know, um, we look, I'm very fortunate to have fantastic technical co-founders with over 15 years of development experience each. So that's been a key thing. Mm. But I think everybody asked me, how did you start Contro with so little money? And it really came down to network. Um, in the sense of I picked up the phone and I started phoning people and saying, hey, this is the idea I have. Mm. Um, you know, I, I figured it out through a, an experience. Um, and at the end of the day, I want to give it a go. Are you keen? And, you know, you'll be surprised at how many people will say yes. And, yeah. you know, I think that's that was the big thing for me. Um, and, you know, we, we literally, I was in London. I was, I was actually working in a law firm when we started Contra. Um, I phoned my two co-founders who are good friends of mine. And I said, hey guys, I've had this idea for a long time. Um, I've sort of validated it somewhat, but let's just, would you be keen on building it with me? Mm. And we sat down and I think we worked every weekend and we still work every weekend um, for the first year and a half. We literally got on meetings on Saturday mornings and we would just develop and we would develop and we would develop and we built this MVP. It took us about nine months part-time to get it out. Mm. Um, and yeah, and then we and then we sort of launched. But I think the key thing was we were building this platform, and then we phoned our partner farmers and said, "Hey, would you be keen to partner with us?" And we were lucky; we got a few breaks. Don't get me wrong; I think that mm. was a big, big part of it. But doing it the way we did, we learned so much. It was incredible how you we how how much we learned in terms of being able to start a business with almost zero resources mm. um, and seeing what you can leverage from a network, friends, family. Um, you know, standpoint to put something like this together. Um, yeah. And that's been a big, it was a huge part of Contra's DNA was let's just get it done. Yeah. And that was it. When you can't just rely on money to just get in 
as many people as you want to try and you know do as much of the work as you can it becomes so much more important to have the right people um how did you sort of know that the people that you wanted to work with were the right people to work with and would be okay with having to do it the hard way, which I think bootstrapping actually is. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Um, I don't think we knew it was the hard way because <laughs> 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 we never, you know, we'd never done it before. So we just thought, well, yeah. let's just build this thing and see what we get. And I remember my one co-founder, he, and he says it to me almost every second week. He's like, "I hope you know that I never gave this a chance in hell." And I said, "No, I know you didn't. I know you didn't. But you know, I kept proving you wrong, and I'm going to keep proving you wrong, and we're going to keep making this happen." And to this day, we, we still are. So, yeah, I, I think it's been it's been a journey, and it's one that I would never take back. I don't think mm-hmm. I would um, go and raise. But it's a different type of business. You know, certain businesses do need capital to kick off. Mm-hmm. Other businesses don't. Um, but I can tell you, you know, we raised we raised our, our pre-seed fund in November. We raised five hundred eighty-five thousand uh, dollars from some fantastic investors. And yeah, I mean that now we need the money for sure because it's all about scaling, right? I think. Mm-hmm. I think the best, my, my advice to anyone looking to start a business is I'll use Nike's term and just do it, you know, yeah. go get that MVP out there. You know, everyone says like you can launch surveys and you can talk to your friends, but they're all going to be biased. Yeah. You know, they're not going to be real. You really need to get a product out there and it can be terrible. Like, honestly, our first MVP was shocking. The amount of <laughs> bugs we had. Oh my, I mean, the stress levels were just <laughs> through the roof. It's unbelievable. But we learned so many lessons in the first two, three months of getting Contra up. We were like, you know, we built for one thing and then we realized, oh, wow, we actually kind of need this feature. We need this feature. We need mm-hmm. this and we need that. And the only way we were able to learn that was through, you know, true customer experience. Um, and that's how Contra has been developed. And it, and it continues to develop that way. We mm-hmm. take customer feedback. We take our partners feedback. Um, we take market feedback and we continue to improve and keep building a better system. Yeah. What are the things that have made you guys a really great uh, co-founding team, right? Because having chosen it, uh, to do this the hard way and really figuring this out constantly and consistently, um, you guys definitely need to have some level of like chemistry or something that really makes you a better co-founding team to figure out this problem and like be able to you know, deliver a great experience. What are those things that are, I, would, I don't want to say secret stores, but I always think that like founding teams are special. Like if you don't get that mix right, it just like breaks everything else. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's, it's, it's like a recipe, right? It can go one way or the other. And you, mm-hmm. you're going to put some ingredients in and you're going to hope it comes out amazing. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to see, um, especially with my cooking at least. Um, but um, with, with my team, I mean, we were just good friends. You know, we really were just good friends. And I think we, but, you know, and I will say this and, and, and they'll agree, we weren't the closest of friends. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say Ross and Dave were my best friends. Um, but they were my friends. And I think we had that respect for each other uh, from the get-go um, in the sense of, you know, the, we, we all respected each other's skill sets. We all respected each other's achievements to date. Mm. Um, and we all knew what we could do. The question was, could we put it all together? Um, and I think that was something we had to figure out. I mean, throughout the journey, we have kept a very light tone in the mm. founding team. We've kept it fun. We've kept it humorous. Um, you know, sexual health and health can be quite a serious thing. Mm. And, you know, part of the journey, you've got to kind of have 
a bit of a like tongue in cheek approach to things in a way. Yeah. Not that you don't take it seriously, but you know, there's long nights. It's it's a it's a long journey to build, and I think the secret sauce has really been keeping a friendship, keeping friendships going, keeping that throughout the play, but really keeping dedicated to the goal. Mm. And you know, we all we all want this to work. We all have it, and I think it's finding. Finding a co-founder is finding someone who's willing to go to battle with you, go to war, do the long hours, do the long nights. People are going to complain. Don't get me wrong. It, it's always going to there's always going to be headbutts and so on and so forth. But it's about everyone aligned on the same goal, going for it. And I'm going to be honest, you won't know until you're in the trenches. Yeah. Um, and I've been very very lucky with my co-founders, and um, and and they've been amazing. Yeah. Speaking about trenches, right? Um, obviously. Um, you guys have now raised you raised in November, and how important was it to the investors that you guys had put up your own money first um, and figured it out and tried to sort of build some traction? Um, what were the things that they looked at and said, "Okay, you guys are the right guys to back"? Yeah, I think I think the I think the fact that we did bootstrap it was a big um, big win for them. I think that was a, that was a key thing. I think the other thing was that the skill sets of the team were very prominent. Um, you know, we're uh, we're, we're all quali- highly qualified individuals. You know, and I think they saw us in a way that these guys really took a risk. You know, they really put their all into it, and that's the kind of team we wanted back. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and as you mentioned, trenches. You, they could see we were in the trenches. You know, and I think a lot of our investors. We're really impressed with the traction we were able to pull out so early on and so quickly. What we'd be able to build in such a short amount of time, and and how good it was in terms of you know the the design, the brand, the function, the features. I mean, we did this all ourselves. You know, it wasn't like we hired outside people. We just did it and we made it ourselves. So I think mm-hmm. they were very impressed with our sort of versatility and being able to just get it off the ground and go. Um, and yeah, I, I think the fact that we actually came with real numbers. You know, I think one thing that I've found, and a lot of star fans are going to hate me for this, but guys that come with a napkin idea and they're asking for $5 million, I'm like, dude, how? How are you? How? Like, you have how? Um, unless you have $5 million in the bank and you're willing to, like, back it. Like, no. Like, start it small. Get it going. Obviously, look, equity is key. You don't want to give away too much in the beginning. But the fact is, I think, when you've got a bit of traction and you've shown that you can deliver a product or a service, um, you're able to get a better valuation and you're able to bring real numbers to an investor and, and investors want that. You know, they want to see actual, you know, money coming in and going out and they want to see expenses. They want to know what this business is now and if it was a hundred times this, what's it going to look like, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a starting point, you it's very difficult to figure out a, an ending point. Um, and that's where I think investors really appreciated us getting off the ground first, mm-hmm. doing it ourselves, taking the risk. Um, and I think that's why a lot of them backed our team. Yeah. How important was the corporate experience that you've had, you know, before starting something? Because you did mention your co-founders are also just like 15 years of experience, developers, um, and you were a lawyer for about 10 years um, plus. How important was that for you and how has it really made you a better entrepreneur? Yeah, so um, definitely was a lawyer for 10 years. Uh, I don't think I'd be standing today if I was. <laughs> <laughs> Look. Uh, but, but my journey was about 10 years long, so yeah, yeah. definitely. But um, no, I think, I think having that corporate experience, it, it brings a maturity. You know, I think it brings a maturity to a team. You know, you, you understand how to work with people better. Um, you understand how to set goals. You understand how to deliver on deadlines. You understand you know, the point of things in a way, you know. Mm. Um, but there's a lot of things you also have to unlearn. 
which has been really, really, which was really interesting for us. You know, um, a lot of people talk about how, you know, a good example is our two co-founders, how they do code deploys and code reviews and all that sort of stuff. And mm. it's all very process driven. And, you know, and with us, it's like, let's just get it in. Yeah. <laughs> let's just go. Come, let's just make it happen. We need to get this out. And it's been the same approach um, with everything we've done, you know. And that's what I've loved about working for a startup. It's been very agile. It's been really fast moving. But it doesn't feel like I have to climb over 10 barriers and go through red tape and ask someone's permission and get 10 mm -hmm. signatures. It's just like, right, we need this. Let's just do it. And, and that's been really the theme of Contra the whole time is really just get it done and, and let's do it. And it's, it's proven you know, very successful to be agile and be able to move and adapt and go fast. And I think there's been a bit of an unlearning experience from corporate, but there's been a maturity that's come with working in corporate as well. That's given a bit of professionalism to what we do and also it gives investors um, you know, quite a lot of uh, you know, confidence in us, knowing mm -hmm. that we, we've worked in a corporate environment you know, we're building a startup, but that startup eventually will become a corporate environment. So they know, right, if they can do it in the startup environment and they've really done the corporate environment, well, they could probably take it all the way. And I think that's a big positive when it came to, to our investors and, and why they invest in us. Yeah. As the traction comes, as the funding comes, as the learnings come, the growth surely has to as well. How are you guys structuring your team in order to prepare for what will come? So I think there's a, that's, that's a key point. So we are being careful in terms of structuring that team for growth. So I think the, the biggest thing that we've done at Contro is we've built for scale as much as possible and looked at it automating as many processes as possible so we don't have to hire as many people. You know, mm. There's a lot, of, a lot of businesses that are big and huge and when you go inside, you realize there's a lot of people pulling levers and turning gears and mm. making sure things work. And I think what we've done at Contro is we've said, right, we, and the reason we did this is because we didn't have the capital. You know, we, we didn't know if we were ever going to be able to raise money to make this happen. So we thought, we've got to build knowing we only have 250,000 around in the bank. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to do that, everything has to be as automated as possible. Um, and that will allow us to scale effectively. So in terms of our growth strategy, look, we've definitely got um, some key hires to come. We have to expand out our dev team. Uh, and we have to look at building out a bit more of a marketing team as well to really get that growth. Um, but I can tell you now as a founder, and I've, and I've got one or two friends who have started businesses themselves, I do not want a 40-person company. Um, mm. I really don't. Uh, it, it's, I think it's a dream for a lot of people to get there, and, and some businesses need it, and uh, I'm not saying you don't, you shouldn't get there. Um, but I just think my idea of a business is keep it lean, high operational leverage, low capital, um, you know, requirements uh, and just make be able to scale. I think the perfect team size in my eyes is probably between 15 to 18 people. Mm. Um, if your business needs more than that, I think you really need to be pulling in a lot of revenue to be, yeah. to be showing that you need 50 people to running this operation. Look, I think all businesses will get there, don't get me wrong. But I think in these first three, four, five years, I don't think you need 50 people. I think you are, you're over hiring and you're spending money in the wrong places. Yeah. What are you learning about yourself with this journey of entrepreneurship, building out this startup and really driving impact in the healthcare space? Um, I am learning, well, I've learned a lot about myself. I think, <laughs> um, I, think <laughs> I mean, geez, it's a, it's a tough question because I think you learn so much so quickly and your mm. brain just, you know, it keeps going. Um, I think what, what I've learned about myself is that I am, I'm more sympathetic than I ever thought I was. Mm. Um, I've been so humbled by building Contra and what we've been able to achieve 
to date, both from a team perspective, but also with how many people we've helped. You know, I mm-hmm. think we've, you know, we've got a trust pilot set up and, you know, we do a lot of surveys with our customers and get as much information as possible. Um, and just the feedback is so humbling, you know, and how we help people. And we, we did a, what we did is we ran a cancellation survey actually uh, last week and we sent it out to all of our canceled customers and we, we asked them a bunch of questions, made it very precise. And we said, you know, why did you leave us today? Um, give us a bit of feedback and, and tell us. And, you know, just the, the feedback was overwhelmingly positive. I was thinking these people were going to rinse us and be like, mm. you've got a terrible service, you know, like delivery was late or, you know, the doctor judged me or something. And it was the complete opposite. It was, you know, people coming out of the woodwork saying, you helped me when I was in a really dark place. Um, you need to keep doing what you're doing. We have stunning service, best online service I've used, you know, all that sort of stuff has come out. And that for me has really humbled me. But it's been coming from people in areas that I never thought we'd hit, such as Tembisa, uh, Deep Kluwerf, Deep Sluert. You know, and that for me is, I, I never thought it would affect me as much as it did. And it really mm. gives me so much passion to really keep driving and building this business because I do now see we've built something bigger than we ever thought we were going to. And I really see the value in being able to build Contra and create a, well, what we're really trying to build is bridge the gap between public and private healthcare and create an accessible healthcare system for every South African. And I really mean every South African to use. Mm. Um, a very key part of things that I think we should have spoke about earlier is the discrete packaging, right? Super important. Yeah. Um, can you speak about the decision to make it that way, but then also um, the impact that it's had on other people? Sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. So um, I think the, the big part about the discrete packaging is <clears throat> we knew from day one stigma was the is was a, a key issue in 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 getting access to sexual health so yeah. when we built contro we built it with three pillars in mind um the first pillar was convenience the second pillar was um, affordability and the third pillar was stigma and discretion and making it um you know a, a very private space the big thing for us though was that we ranked them in that order so we ranked convenience first we ranked mm. affordability second we ranked discretion third and that's kind of how we did it and when we went to markets we realized wow we we made a mistake the mistake was a lucky one but it was discretion first affordability mm. was second but convenience came last it was just an added extra and i think that um was a key point so when we started to figure that out we knew everything about this platform had to be discreet data security had to be top notch and that's what one of my co-founders specializes in um we had to make sure that you know the doctors were you know very um, you know accepting, non-judgmental, non-biased. Key point, and then the delivery of it. When we went out to our pharmacy partners, they were like, you know, we went out to a bunch of pharmacies and a bunch of other cans, and they're like, we could brand it, we could make it contra, we could make it. And my first thought was, can you imagine receiving a package at your office that says contra on it? Uh-huh. Mm. I actually I would die inside. In, yeah. in even me, I mean, I'd still be you know if if someone knew that why are you ordering from Contra? Aren't they a sexual health platform? That's weird. What's going on? <laughs> you know, and as much as we want to break down the stigma, we want to change it. That's a long fight and a big battle. So our key point was we wanted to make our packaging as discreet, but also secure as possible. So our packaging is very simple. It's a brown box. Um, it literally has your name and address on it. 
and it actually comes with a security seal on it as well. Um, and when I say security seal, it comes with like a, a white tape around it to make sure that it doesn't get opened in a sense. And if it does, you obviously have to report that. Mm. Um, but no one's none the wiser. No one knows what it is. A lot of people think it's just another e-commerce box being dropped off. And I think mm. that's been such a key fact and, and people really appreciate that when they get that. I mean, there are parts of our business like our birth control side where we think oh, maybe we should throw some branding in it. But I think overall, we erred on the side of caution. We wanted it to be discreet and that's our brand. We, wanna, we want everyone to use Contra, but nobody has to know about it. Mm. What does success and growth look like for you over the next year to about five years? So I think over the next year, Contro has, what we've realized is that we've built a lot more than we thought we were going to build. And mm. we've built a very, very, very strong supply chain. We've built a very, very accessible platform. And I think one of the biggest things is we've also built a very strong customer service standpoint. One of the things that I've realized from when moving back, and sorry about diverting a little bit here, but mm. when I moved back from London, the one thing I realized when coming back to South Africa is customer service is, I mean, I'd love to swear, but it is shocking in this country. Um, mm. From big corporate to small company, customer service is so bad. It's so bad. And people in South Africa, customers, day-to-day -day customers, just put up with it. You know, they'll complain, they'll shout, they'll whatever, but the service is just not there. Um, you can, mm -hmm. you know, and what I said is, if we're gonna if we're gonna get loyal customers, and we're gonna keep customers on this platform and keep our retention high and get get them coming, we have to have the best customer service. And I've got my customer support team. I've told them if a message comes through, you reply within under two minutes. That is how we work. It's simple. If an email comes in, you reply within under five minutes. That is how we work. And when you reply, you reply in a very friendly, welcoming. Um, happy tone in a sense and, and not that we had to enforce that they're all great people and they're very happy mm. um, but it was very much a, a case of Contra is a safe space but it's also a very efficient space and people feel that when they send an email and in five six minutes they get a reply they're like well you know I wasn't expecting a reply until tomorrow or the next day mm. and I think keeping that efficiency and service up has been a big thing so that's been good in terms of success though and where we're going to go I think what we realized, as, as I said before, we've built something bigger than we thought we were going to build. Um, and we're going to be expanding out of sexual health. We're going to be expanding into other areas of health. I can't say which and what we're going to do. It's a little bit of secret sauce there, so mm. we'll keep it under the wraps. Um, but our, I think our play is to really build a fully integrated health, telehealth platform where you, know, you come to Contro and you don't have to leave. And that's really what we want to do. So growth in, in our head is... We're, we're big on B2C, we're gonna go big on B2C. Uh, we see there's a huge market gap there. I think a lot of South Africans think B2C companies are destined to fail. Mm. And I think the reality is that customer service part and a lot of other things, if you can just get that right, I think you'll actually find that B2C is not that bad of a market. Um, but we are also looking at B2B2C as well. And we've had quite a few approaches from quite a fair amount of big corporates already. So we're looking at that. Um, but we want to go overseas. You know, we, we, we love South Africa. It's, it's treated us amazingly well and we'll continue to grow here. We'll HQ here and we'll keep, we'll keep growing. Mm. But we have bigger dreams for Contra. You know, we, we want to go into spaces where stigma and taboo are still issues in, in other areas of the world. Um, Muslim regions such as Egypt is one we're looking at. We're looking mm. at um, the UAE and Dubai. We're looking at a few others. We're looking at Asia. Um, and, you know, we just see Contro as a very scalable model, something we can pick up and put down. Um, as long as we have the supply chain partners, we should be fine. Um, and, yeah, I mean, growth and success is, 
contra global as we want to see we've got big dreams big ambitions and you know let's we can try and make it happen yeah what is one thing that you know now that you would give yourself advice about at the beginning of your journey um <laughs> um if be ready for bipolar. <laughs> is what, I would say. what does that mean? I I think one thing that I've found with starting a startup is it's like a roller coaster ride. And it was interesting because a friend of mine, uh, I found a, a guy called Sean Sanders. He's been my best friend for a very long time. We grew up together. Mm. He's also started his own startup, a company called Revex. Give it a little bit of a plug there. Very good crypto platform if everyone's looking. I know, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Sean was the guy who really convinced me to do this. He said, Alex, like, you can either be a lawyer for the rest of your life and be a partner and follow the corporate ladder and make it happen. Or you can take a risk and, and, and live out your wildest dreams and see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, you can always go back. And I think, you know, I took that advice and I, and I jumped in. But I think only a day after taking the advice, he did then say, well, just to let you know, it is an absolute roller coaster ride and you're going to have so many ups and you're going to have so many downs. Um, and it's going to be very personal. You know, I think mm -hmm. that's the one thing. I didn't realize how personal Contra would become. You know, in that sense, I thought I would be able to separate personal life and business. I think when you're a founder, um, and a lot of founders, I'm sure, will attest to this, you live and breathe your company. And I think the advice I would love to have given myself is get ready, yeah. <laughs> in a sense. Um, but I wouldn't take it back to the world. And I think because we live and breathe it, we've been able to achieve the success we have. Um, there's a big mountain ahead. There's a lot more to go. That roller coaster is only going to go higher. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, looking forward to the journey for sure. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. To access previous episodes of this podcast, but also again access to other shows on our network, please visit lucha.com.